you can comfortably live yes i could have um i could have although i i didn't i didn't move out of aika's place <laughs> i prefer to stay yeah uh but yes i mean the the first year was just those two deals mainly the next year we did another four deals what uh still with tina uh so tina is happy she was until the the, the third deal so the third deal was we met this african american gentleman who at some point to source for leads we would buy the city's condemned listings mm. so every city has a list of condemned properties right mm. they post them at the city hall and and you could buy copies or have them mailed to you whatever so i got a list i i noticed a bunch of these homes had the same owner listed and i used a skip tracing software to find his number mm-hmm. uh, and those were easy to come by in the states uh, in, in, even today they're all over the place they're free you just enter the details and it gives you a set of possible numbers based on triangulation of data yeah and yeah, lo and behold it, it was a guy so i had coffee with a guy with tina we asked him why do you have so many properties on the condemned this guy had 80 properties on the condemned list short chubby stubby african american guy very charismatic uh sort of guy and he said he was also a believer a christian so our god went down a little bit because of that he started meetings with prayer ended the meetings with prayer so we were like hmm okay let's do something so he offered us four of the properties for what seemed to be a good deal uh $80,000 Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh the properties in total were going to cost another $120,000 to fix. Mm. So Tina put up some of the cash and borrowed the rest. Yeah, so now mind you before we buy the houses, you've done searches, you've done property inspection, termite inspection, structural, you know, integrity inspections like In the states there's 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 order about it and it's fairly transparent mm-hmm. at least we thought. Uh so we got all these reports which said all was well by virtue of that the mortgage company issued the loan to fix them up. But when we started fixing up the new structural engineers who came to do the work said dude your foundations are done. Uh you can't fix these houses you just need to burn them down and build fresh ones. What? which was going to cost uh, significantly more than we had planned for. Uh, and that all basically meant everyone who had given us a green light from the beginning had colluded with this guy ay, ay, to ay, give ay, us ay. false uh, inspection results. So, uh, t- you know, Tina was left hanging in that regard because it was her name and her credit on the line. I get it. You know, so that we got burnt on that one by a fellow believer. Uh, he got his $80,000 in cash and bounced. Ah yeah 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 yeah. And yeah. I get like that you can't take him to court. You could but legal costs in the states are so expensive at some point you just wait. You mm. it, is it worth blowing another you know 80, 100, 200,000 taking this guy to court only to recover costs. It, yes. You know what I mean? Uh and I think also we were we were shocked. Mm that that was possible in the United States of America that level of corruption yeah you were shocked to hear it 
Yeah, the mortgage broker ha had to sign off on those. All the inspectors, the valuers, everyone. So this guy had put together a team of all these professionals. Who are crooks. Yes, and this is what they would do and they would they would split the, the take. Oh, man. So that yeah. was your first taste of corruption. Yes, in, in, in America. So anyway, uh, around that time, Aika had uh, dumped me and uh, kicked me out of her apartment. <laughs> so first and foremost, wait, don't even, don't even run over this story. So first and <laughs> foremost, I want to hear the, going back to Tina. Yeah. This is now dealing with, uh, I've not heard you talk about an experience of racism. In fact, I'm hearing you partnering with people of a different race. Yeah. In a place like North Carolina. The only place I ever experienced racism was in Dallas airport on my way in, in December of 1998. What? Ah, come on, so Lord, no, be real. I'm in your 11 years of being in the States. I never felt like someone was prejudiced against me because of my race. If anything, I felt like the token friend to everyone. Everyone was happy to have me around. <laughs> I was the African guy they know. <laughs> I was the one African guy they were cool with. Yeah. Yeah. I, honestly, I, I don't know why that is because I know a lot of people like, go through racist situations. But for, for me, I, I never did, man. Uh, maybe it was just God protecting me from that on top of everything else uh, would have been difficult to deal with, right? But knowing you, that is still who you are. You're still the token friend to many in high places, in low places, in side places. I, yeah. don't, I don't feel so let me ask you then what is it about your approach and your character that enabled you to do to enter into a partnership where this lady is trusting you with such huge what is it i'm trying to figure out that character personality trait in you or what is it about you that you you literally become a magnet to some of these different people man you know i wish i could take credit uh and people ask, a few people have asked me that over the years. So how come you're friends with so-and-so? Why do they like you? Why do they let you in? Um, why do you get along with so, such and such when no one else does? Um, and, uh, you know, I, I've tried to ask myself the same thing. Uh, and I've asked myself, why am I in this space? Why am I in this person's circle now? Mm. What's the purpose? And honestly, without a shadow of doubt, I can tell you there is such a thing as favor, mm. uh, grace. Uh, the definition of grace is undeserved favor, mm. literally. Uh, so it doesn't make sense to try and figure out how or why, because mm -hmm. it's undeserved. Mm. Um, you know, it's one of those many promises God Almighty, by this I mean the Father and God of Jesus the Christ. Yes not any other God. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the many promises he has made to his children is that he shall crown them with favor. Uh, he shall give them favor with kings, their advisors and all their powerful officials. Uh, that's, in, that's in the book of uh, Joel. Mm. Uh, uh, even Amos, I believe, speaks about that. And you see incidences of that all through scripture mm. where people, you know, show even sometimes insane favor to someone. Uh, you look at the, the Israelites when they left Egypt 
they went, they were told to go and ask the Egyptians for all their gold. Mm. And guys just like, how do you just give it? <laughs> how do you just give your slaves all your gold uh, and then tell them to go? Like, yeah. that's some supernatural stuff. Yeah, even Joseph, Joseph being made the number yes, two. Yes, absolutely. I mean, twice. I honestly, it's, it's, it's the only explanation from my own experience uh-huh. uh, where people are un- unusually kind and accommodating of me. It's not because uh, I, I, I look the way I look or I sound the way I sound or I'm, I might be polite or all that doesn't mean anything because there's people nicer looking than I, yeah. speak better English than I, more cultured and kinder than I, but they don't get the same opportunity. So what gives? Uh, so I'm very aware that I, I am blessed. Yeah. I am a blessed dude. Uh, and so I'm no longer surprised when it happens. My only goal is to understand why, what's the purpose, so that because God always has a plan. Uh, what value am I adding to this person? Because it's not always about me. Mm. Sometimes it's about fulfilling something for the other person. Uh, just as God will send people my way to add something to my life, he will send me to other people's way to add something to theirs. Mm. We are blessed to be a blessing. So, you know, I'm aware of all that and it's an incredibly difficult thing to explain to people who are not Christian or familiar with Christianese mm. or, or biblical teachings and matters of, of Christian faith, but it is honest truth. Okay. Yeah. I lo- Man, I love the fact that you've brought in your faith perspective. Again, I'm going to rewind. You did an interview with Biko Zulu. Um, guys, if you're, if you're listening to this, when you get time, go on to Biko Zulu's uh, blog and website and just check out the, the story that he did with, with Solomon. I'm sure if you write Biko Zulu in Google search and you write Solomon Wango, it will come up. Hilarious story. I was privileged to be in the car while he was doing the interview and experiencing him. And one of the things that blew his mind when you're telling him this same story mm. was that you slept on Ika's couch. <laughs> and that stood out. Because he's like, what do you mean? In fact, it, it, it blew my mind because you're telling the story and you say, I slept on Ika's couch. And he's like, eh? What do you mean the couch? You're a grown man. Why did you sleep in, in that space? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember, I remember <laughs> because question. He was baffled why I would do that. So, you know, like I said, the adversity I was going through in life caused me to be uh, maybe introspective. I started to judge myself, my actions, my choices a lot more. I guess I started to work on me. Mm. Again, remember I said earlier that once I understood that no human being on this planet owes me a single thing, not even my parents. Mm. They gave birth to me and that's blessing enough. It's not their responsibility to to take on my well-being. Mm. I mean, the fact that they clothed me and took me to decent school, I got a great education, those are all bonuses. If they didn't, it, it is it's not something they owe me. Uh, understanding that, then... That free, is so powerful. Yeah. Dude. People don't look at their... I, I'm, I'm just stopping you a bit just because, especially your parents, people don't look at it from the perspective of... In fact, a lot of it's like, my parents didn't do this. My yeah. parents didn't do this. And, I, and I'm, I've been p- one of the people who've uttered that. So while you're speaking, I'm challenged. And I'm also, what? Who thinks like this? Mm. Well, um, 
I think those, those are just, I would call things that God taught me through that. Uh, because I, I felt the same way. I was, free, I was deep in my own self-pity. Why is this happening to me? What wrong did I ever do? It's not fair. Why won't they help me? Why won't the school give me a scholarship? You know, they're giving scholarships to much less deserving candidates and blah, blah, blah. This is a victim mentality, mm. which is based in, in a sense of entitlement. Mm. Mm. Uh, as if anyone owes me anything. And so when I finally understood that, it, it did amazing things for me personally, just psychologically uh, and spiritually, because it freed me to start working on the things I had control over. Mm. So therefore I started to look at myself and ask what, where, what could I have done better? What can I do better to avoid that happening? Uh, that's one. So I, I started working on me more as opposed to blaming others. Mm, mm. The second thing it did is um, it forced me to be creative. I started to see opportunities mm. for more. The third thing it did was it made me so grateful. I just became a much more thankful human being. <laughs> uh, because the next time I remember my cousin Moots knowing what my situation was, uh, uh, of a conversation just to catch up. He was in DC at the time. Uh, he asked me how things were going. I told him and he said, uh, uh, okay, man, take heart uh, just to encourage me. He's like, let me buy you lunch today. I was like, thanks, man. I, at least I, I can take Aika out for lunch or something. Something I wasn't able to do for a long time. Mm. And he sent me $1,200. And I, you know, I was in shock. First of all, I was like, dude, Kwani, what kind of lunch do you think I'm going to have? Um, it's like, yeah, I know, I know you're a dude like me. You have things you want to do, blah, blah, blah. I mean, and I didn't, I, first of all, I didn't ask him to. Mm. Uh, out of his own generosity, uh, he he did his own bit to, to be encouraging to me. Mm. And I was so... I still think about that day to day and sometimes I'm almost moved to tears. I'm filled with gratitude for what he did. Mm. Uh, a few days later, someone offered to take us out for coffee to Starbucks. I was so, I enjoyed that coffee, you guys. <laughs> I was so grateful that someone would take out of their own to enrich my experience in mm. whatever small way. So for them, it was just coffee. For me, it was a big deal. Mm. That someone who didn't have to, someone who doesn't owe me anything, did something for me. Yo, bro, that is so powerful. When entitlement leaves you, you begin seeing everything as almost undeserving. Absolutely. I, and and absolutely, with that yeah. comes something small to something big, no matter what it may be. And you're just like, the gratitude that comes from receiving. Yes, it's, I mean, so I, if, if there's anything I can boast over anyone is that I've learned to be a great receiver. I'm really good at receiving. <laughs> um, and I receive understanding it's a grace. It's an undeserved favor mm. someone is doing for me because they don't owe me anything. Someone uh, allows me to have a meeting with them or takes my phone call that I want to discuss maybe a deal or something. That alone is a privilege. 
Yo. That they give me space to discuss an idea, even if they said no. How many people pray for a chance to pitch someone? Uh -huh, uh -huh. Uh, so, you know, I found that through that process, uh, it made me it made me a much more thankful person in general. And I think, because I feel the same way about thankful people. Um, the other day, uh, a lady, just to make the point, a uh, young lady in traffic uh, outside uh, uh, Nyayo House, young, she couldn't have been more than 17. She was carrying a baby on her back and this baby was screaming his head off and she was walking around asking people for money. Um, and she came to me and normally I'd tell them, you know, because I don't know what they whether it's a legit situation, mm, mm, mm. whether they've rented the kid to pull on your heartstrings and this type of thing. But there was something about her that uh, compelled me to have a convo with her. And so I rolled down my window and I, and I asked her her name. She told me her name. I asked her, who is that? She says, my little brother. Like, uh, where is your mother? She's over there at the park. She pointed at the lady just sitting in the park. Um, why is he crying? Well, he's probably hungry and We've been standing in the sun. We just want something to eat. And I, I stared at her and I asked her, are you telling me the truth? She said, yes, I promise you I'm telling you the truth. So I gave her a small amount of, of, of cash, mm. probably more than she would normally mm. receive. Can I, I'm, 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 can I ask how much just to get an understanding? Of it was only 2K. Okay. So, you know. That's not only. That's... Uh, I mean, the larger Probably, scheme of things, yeah. by the time you buy diapers and, I mean, it's nothing. Yeah. But uh, by the time they're also standing out there, they're probably expecting to get 100 Yeah, so I the guess day. they've done their math, you know, 9 out of 10 people will tell me no. 1 out of 10 might give me 10 bob, 20 mm. bob, 50 bob. At the end of the day, it adds up, right? So it's the law of averages that they work with. So I probably represented a whole day's collection. Mm. And no, a whole week. But go on. Yeah. And I remember when, when she took the money, she literally collapsed on the, on the road, weeping uncontrollably. And she just kept saying, thank you, thank you. You have no idea how long it's been since we have all eaten. And that just, it, uh, it, it broke my heart. That first of all, a human being can get to that point. Mm. And then the other thing it did is it, it, it compelled me to give more. Yeah, so I find that thankful people are pleasant to be around. Mm, mm. And you want to give them more. Mm. You want to do more. Because they're not taking for granted what you've done mm. for them. And I suspect that might be one of the reasons uh, most people I know uh, tolerate my presence in their lives <laughs> is because is I am generally thankful. But that was born out of that difficult period of understanding that no one owes me anything. So if they never do for me, I have no right to be bitter mm. or angry about it. It actually also saves you heart. It does, yeah. You know, I've never looked at it in that sense. Yeah, big time. Like if, if, if you don't have expectations on people, it automatically, whether they do something, in fact, if they do nothing, you're still, your mood is the same yeah, but if they okay. do something you enter gratitude yeah you're like oh my god Yo, thank so you so much profound it was for me it changed my life man changed my life to this day i owe i owe a lot of my life at this point to that lesson that 
no one owes me anything except for God. Mm. And and even then God chose by himself to promise me certain things. Mm. And thank God he did because he's the only one who can. <laughs> right? I get it. That that realization for me as a Christian is is an anchor for your soul in terms of avoiding offense because whether or not you do for me you know god's promise to me was not dependent on richie doing it yeah if he has to get a donkey to do it he'll do it right so therefore if richie tells me no i don't catch feelings because i'm relying on on the only one who can that is just so i mean i've had it but it's like i'm hearing it anew and and very practical you know what i mean yeah. and especially knowing you this I, I, as, as the story progresses people are going to understand how this l- way of living living every time i ask you so how are you doing your, your answer is always the same i'm blessed man I, hey, i'm blessed today like i've been blessed yesterday and it's not just words leave in your mouth this this is like a foundation on how you do business how you how you live it's like you're going to give us business principles from a very different perspective but hold on before we be, as we continue with this you and Aika. So, you're human. It's not like you're gratitude. You're, you're ah, you have gratitude that, that, that she kicked you out. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I want I want to paint a reality picture. Or I want to understand it from a reality sense. Yes, you are on top of the world with this new gratitude attitude. But, <laughs> but were you gr- gr- happy when she kicked you out? It means you're homeless. Yeah, I mean, that, that whole situation was a miracle by itself. Uh, but, you know, by then I had... It's something that we had discussed a number of times and I knew she was unhappy with me being there. Primarily uh, because she was also discovering her new faith in Christ mm. and wanting to live life a certain way that was pleasing to God. And, you know, by that point I had been sleeping on her couch for three years. What? Yeah, slept on her couch for three years uh, uninterrupted. Uh, that in in and of itself is a miracle because I'm a dude, I'm a red-blooded male like everyone else. I'm not holier than anyone. Uh, if anything, I have larger appetites than most dudes, uh, being a muluya and whatnot. Uh, which is why, you know, it, uh, it's, it's just purely God's grace, honestly. Uh, that we we were able to be celibate through that period of time um who is thinking like that at that age uh i mean i was i was fairly mature i mean i was i was in my late 20s oh yeah uh these should be standard things that we're teaching our children but but you know because of that her own uh, personal faith journey and why I was reconnecting back with God, it was easy for us to to do the right thing, right? Mm. But then uh, one day I get a call from our pastor, a gentleman called Kelvin Maldrow, uh, beautiful, another beautiful human being. Uh, my life is full of beautiful human beings. Huh? Uh, Kelvin called me 7.30 in the morning, which he had never done. And I was worried because, like, why would pastor call me at this time? And he says, hey, Solomon, I was praying this morning, morning devotion before I got ready for work. And as I was praying, God told me to tell you, you need to leave Aika's apartment. Yeah, 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 yeah.